Well, Rabbi Jason Rappaport is here. He's managing editor of the Noe edition, Koran Talmud Bavli. I guess if anybody's going to get a Mazel Tov wish for the completion of the Noe edition Talmud Bavli, it's going to be him. Rabbi Jason Rappaport, welcome to JM in the AM. Thanks for having me. Will you accept our Mazel Tov wishes? Certainly on behalf of a cast, <laughs> cast of hundreds. A lot of people involved, a huh? A lot of people. Um, you probably have met some great scholars through this process. Would that be accurate? Right, right, for sure. And prime among them, Rav Steinsatz himself, of course. Yeah, that's for sure. To say the least, and he has a great team, and the and Koren obviously has a great team, and you put it all together, and here's what happens: uh, you end up with an amazing brand new Talmud Bavli. Um, we know that there are Talmud Bavlis available to the public for maybe hundreds of years, right? Including translations, if people would think they would realize that. What sets this one apart? What is different about this completed um, um, Talmud Bavli? Well, I'll start by telling a story, because this already starts from the Hebrew Steinsaltz Talmud. In 1965, Rav Steinsaltz published the first volume of the Hebrew Talmud, which they completed in 2010. And he had a very simple idea. He said, the Talmud is the book of the Jewish people. Everybody should be able to access this. Most people's uh, Aramaic is not fluent. So that this was obviously in the, Hebrew, in the Hebrew context. He said, let me translate this into a modern Hebrew that any semi-educated person can read and understand. What they do with it then is up to them. Let them learn. Let them come and learn. That's really the, the motto of the Steinsaltz organization. Let me teach my people. So that's been already a story in progress from 1965. And we can remind people that he, he did that at times under great criticism. There were critics who were not happy with the fact that he was translating into Hebrew at the time. Correct, right. correct. Uh, right, I mean, the, I, I guess some people are not comfortable with the idea that people should be able to, be able to just deal with the text themselves, right. and they'll, you know, they'll think whatever they think about it. So that's very much his uh, empowering approach, which mm. is, I want to take you to water. What, the way you drink and what you drink is going to be up to you, but I want you to come and drink. In fact, in his kind of dry way, he once told me, I want to take away people's excuse for not learning. Wow, I could see him saying So, that. you know, you come, you learn, you deal with this text just like I'm dealing with it. I'm breaking my teeth. I want you to better break your teeth as well. You don't know Aramaic, so break your teeth in Hebrew. So when we translated it in English, we try to keep that basic approach. In other words, we, it's light, it's readable. It's as, well, as much, the translation is always an interpretation. Right. We try and keep it as transparent as possible so that the reader just looks at the text, gets straight into the content, gets engaged and starts thinking and questioning and struggling. Um, what about specific areas or specific um, uh, sections that you've developed and you have a Koran Talmud Bavli sitting right in front of you, uh, which is different from other ones? I mean, what have you used in terms of charts and photos, etc.? And Steinsaltz, by the way, if we go back to 1965, made an issue of that, that he would provide you know, different educational aids when trying to pursue the Talmud. Very much so. If, if you don't mind, let me just take sure. a step back and literally start from the outside of the book. <laughs> um, you have one book. If you look this way, it, it's all in English. Right. If you turn this way, it's in Hebrew. Right. So, in fact, this book is really designed for two, maybe three kinds of people, probably more, but at least let's start with that. And these are actual real people I know use the book in these different ways. So, the obvious way, it's an English Talmud. Open it left to right, and you see very user-friendly. First of all, beautiful cream paper. To me, I appreciate these kind of aesthetic things. Cream paper. Little user-friendly chunks with a nice Koran font, font, of course. Hebrew here, English here, and it's literally a chunk at a time. So it's not, it's not intimidating. You come in and say, yeah, I can, I can look at three lines of Hebrew, or I can little, digest this little chunk here. Great. Ready for the next one? Let's move to the next chunk. So, of course, it's 42 volumes. That's a lot of chunks. <laughs> but each one at a time comes in, and you just 
deal with what you're dealing with now and you're not phased by that. So that's an English reading. Of course, there are many things around the outside. We'll get to that in a second. But let's not forget, it's also a Hebrew book. So when you open it from right to left... The traditional see, Talmud page. Right, but with, it, with some twists, which some of it which you heard about before... Um, Vocal out, vowelized, or right. vocalized. Easier to read Rashi. the Rashi and Tosas. So it's vocalized, vowels, right? right? And then the Tosfot is punctuated. Right. As you know, that makes a huge difference. You know, it's a question, it's an exclamation point, period, whatever it is. So it's much easier. And of course, the text itself is vocalized. The, the traditional Tamil text, mm-hmm. which looks like another Tamil text, but you come into it. So someone who's, let's say, on the cusp of... I couldn't do it without the vowels, but let me have a try with the vowels. So again, this is Rabbi Steinsaltz with his smile inviting you and say, come, come and learn, come and learn. So anyone really can read this, certainly the, the Talmud and Rashi as well, if you know Rashi's script, but anyone can read it. So I have friends who start here, get stuck, and of course, on the English side here, it tells you which duff you're on, obviously, so they flip between the two. So that's three types of people. There's the English only, <laughs> the Hebrew only, and the, 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 the people, yes, exactly. <laughs> so, so th- this is very much true about the the partnership between uh, Steinsaltz and Corin in general, is that there's a beautiful partnership here, symbiosis of form and content. This book is the content, of course, but it's also the form. It's the philosophy behind the content and the philosophy behind what it looks like and how it feels when you actually pick up the book and read it. That's just a perfect example for me of Steinsaltz and Corin symbiosis, of, of which there is a lot, as you as you're aware. So that that's on a kind of more on a broader level, but when you go into zoom in a little bit on the specifics, um, there are there's a lot of supplemental material around the basic commentary, um, which really brings the Talmud to life. And this is very much Rav Steinsos as well. And what would you call those discussions, well, elaborations? What would you call those? So, I mean, in general, we call their notes, but there are subsections within the notes. So, when it just says notes, that's just a, something that's picks up on something in the text in more detail. We also have halacha. Mm-hmm. By the way, guys, this is the Talmud, but if you fast forward, here's some of the main halachic uh, summaries of, of, of what we're discussing. So that's very, a lot of people find that very useful. And you also have language, personality, background notes. And this is also very much in the Steinsaltzian, if I could use that word. That you uh, need to know who you're talking about right. when you're analyzing their statement. Where are they from, what their lineage is, etc. Exactly. So you have the history, um, you have the culture, um, geography. If this is also very much, don't forget it's a translation from the Hebrew, it's very much an Eretz Yisrael book. Right. Even though it's in English, I'll give you a great example of that. And I think uh, this is a lovely example of the way the realia itself can not just bring the text to life, which is also always, always a nice thing, but actually explaining what's going on. So I'll give you an example here. This is Psachim um, 19a, Yudtet Amad Aleph. So the Gemara makes a statement here. It says, um, with regard to all the vessels found in Jerusalem, if they were found on the path leading down to the ritual path, path down, mm-hmm. they are presumed ritually impure. So on the path down, they're impure. On the path up, they're pure. Now, it's black and white, but if you look at a picture of, you know, usual mikvah that we're used to seeing, there's only one path. Just give me a second, I'll find it here. I have it in my notes. Yeah. Yeah, you obviously, if you just Google mikvah or just any mikvah you've seen, there's just stairs going down, same stairs going up. <laughs> Why on earth would it be tamay going down and not, t- like, did, like, we change the fourth time dimension here? So... Actually, lo and behold, here's a picture here of an ancient ritual bath in Gush Etzion, just 20 minutes south of here, showing very clearly... This is there's a picture, a, eh? Yep. There's a path down and a path up. An so, entrance and an exit. Exactly. So if you're on the way down... When the, 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 it hasn't been purified. Exactly. And so, you know, if you don't know that's what's going on, it just, just seems like a very strange statement. But if you know what's going on, it makes perfect sense. And so I can't 
say we've done that with every single sentence in the Talmud, right. but wherever we can, we just try to make it clear where it can actually be clear. Unbelievable. So you're dealing with, um, I mean, among the staff members, I mentioned earlier the scholars, but in addition to the scholars doing scholarly work, there are people who are doing translating work. Right. There are people who are doing the graphics work, right? As you just described, you want the right photo to show people, you know, what that mikvah was like years ago. And uh, I, I assume there, and, and then uh, and then there are people who who have to, who who you'd like to make sure they lay out the work in a way that's appealing to the to the regular reader. Absolutely, you want it to be. Rav Steinzeld said, "Come and learn." I'm going to make it easier for you, but you also know the value of something looking beautiful and and being appealing to somebody. To Absolutely, want to open it up. You, you, why not enjoy yourself while you're learning? Right. You don't and, you don't have to strain your eyes. And in order to do that, you need a good team of people who know how to do layout and for sure and for all sure. that. So. You put all that team together, and all of a sudden, you have an entire Talmud Bavli. Right now, of course, I know we have a few minutes, but I just yeah. want to just sh- a few shout-outs because really, without these people, this this oh. amazing book would not be possible. So, the generosity of the Noe family, of course, right. obviously, and the incredible talent commitment of the the current team, from you know the the, the the amazing collaboration with us on what is this book about, how should it look, and why should it look like that. Really holding our hands and making, making, making the, the the content team people part of the decision of the layout as well, because sometimes those things are siloed. In in this case, very much as complete symbiosis. That's amazing. Rav Many of Israel, Rav uh-huh. uh, Steinzel's older son, who's really like the push behind. Guys, we're doing this, and we did it in ten years. So to produce the whole people time, don't realize how fast that is. <laughs> yeah, I mean the Rehibno Tom, which is great, took more than forty years, right. and that makes sense. But 10 years is kind of crazy, in a good way. So that, that was really many. Um, Rav Tzviyash Weinreb, editor-in-chief, his amazing vision and just wisdom. There were so many times we had difficulty and he's like, let me think about it for a little bit. And he'd come back to us and discuss and listen to all the sides and say, okay, let, I think you should do it this way. In a very, very you know, inclusive kind of way. So he, his, his knowledge and wisdom was incredibly useful. Um, Rav Josh Fryer, who really, without him, this book wouldn't be here. It's his vision and his his basic insight that we should make this translation invisible. What do I mean by that? Often when you read a translation, even if it makes sense, you can, you can tell it's a translation. This is not trans- doesn't read like a translation. It just reads like, there I am, like I said at the beginning. I, I'm brought right into the text. And that's really of Josh Shire's vision, to think really carefully, what does a word actually mean? I'll give you one example. The word lo'olam. What does lo'olam mean? We always say forever. Okay. In the Tanakh, it often means forever. How do we translate the word lo'olam in the Talmud? Actually, because that's what it means in the Talmud. Right, so, for, yeah. right, so forget what you know from other places, what you think it should mean. What does it actually mean in the text right here? It means actually. Right. So we're going to use the word actually. I could give you other examples, but I mean, it's really Rav Joshua who said, let's think really carefully about what it's actually saying. And don't just like hold on to conventions that we might have from elsewhere. Oh, this word is usually translated like this. Forget the word usually. We're not interested in the word usually. What does it really mean over here? That's the word we're going to use for the translation, because we want to be clear, true to the Hebrew, and transparent. I again wish you a mazal tov, and I thank you for joining me here today. Thank you so much. Rabbi Jason Rappaport is managing editor of the Noe Edition, Koran Talmud Bavli. Uh, This is the year that it has been completed and that it will be completely available to the public uh, as the last... as the last um, uh, editions are being made available, right? The last volumes are being made available uh, to uh, to everybody. Um, 
who would like to have the complete Talmud. More coming up. You are listening to JM in the AM. We are in Israel. We are having an amazing visit with our friends at Koren Publishers. Check out korenpub.com, korenpub.com, and uh, see the array of work that is available uh, to the uh, Jewish public worldwide. It is simply remarkable. We're at Koren Publishers in Jerusalem, and this is JM in the AM.